Let's pray and jump in the Word. Lord, I thank you that you're in the midst of us, that you're working, that you're doing what you do, Lord. Every time you show up, Lord, every time your people come together, every time, Holy Spirit, you're given room to move, Lord, that significant, life-changing stuff takes place in people's lives. We're so grateful, God, that you allow us to be a part of that. What a privilege. So, Lord, we just welcome you here and... uh, Invite you, Lord, into the midst of this time this morning. I I pray, Holy Spirit, you would reveal Jesus in a brand new way. And, uh, Lord, that uh, lives would be transformed today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. If you agree to that, amen. Amen. Um, It was, wasn't this week, it was last week. Um, I've mentioned this before, before. there's a, a group of guys that get together every Thursday morning, and uh, it, there wasn't anything really significant about the morning except for a whole bunch of God stuff took place in it. Uh, you know, I didn't have an expectation for anything out of the ordinary. We just showed up, and I, I, I walked in this morning, and uh, I walked into the building. We normally meet out in the lobby out there, and I walk in the building, and immediately I was greeted by the presence of the Lord in a way that I had not experienced in in a little bit of time. It had been a while since I've been in this kind of environment. As soon as I walked in, I recognized the kind of environment it was. It was a house of prayer environment. Okay? It's a different... I, I, we're going to talk about the presence of the Lord, the manifested presence of God, how he shows up, what he does, how you and I get to participate in that, some of the things we get to do intentionally to, uh, you know, to cultivate and to walk along with the Lord in that. But this morning, I, I walk into the church, and the, the presence of the Lord greets me, and I, I looked at uh, Troy, who had set the building up. I said, dude, I was like... It feels like a house of prayer in here. And he goes, yeah. He's like, walk down the hallway. Like, go see. I go walk down the hallway, and I can glance in from that corner window there, and there's a bunch of guys in there seeking the Lord, praying and worshiping. Okay? It shifted the atmosphere in this place where there was a very tangible sense of God's presence, and it was unique. This, you know, when we worship like this, when we do this thing, there's a, there is a unique sense of God's presence that dwells amongst his people. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about this this morning. But, but when people come together and pray, when they come together and seek the Lord, when they, when they are, are intentionally coming to the throne of grace to engage God in this way, it's not just a worship thing. It's just not an honoring thing. There is something that takes place when people come together to seek his face intentionally in prayer. There is a shift in the atmosphere. And uh, we're going to talk about that this morning. But I, I man, it, it just assaulted me. And I felt, I was like, okay, Lord, f- like finally, it's time. Just felt it. It was like the shift it was just a shift. I, I don't know how to describe it other than like, like your alarm goes off and you go, ding, 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 it's time. Right? Uh, uh, it's time, church. It's time for you and I, us as a people, to rise up in our calling to engage this thing that we've, we have stewarded for many years. And the, the, but but the, the house hadn't been established yet. Well, the house is established now, and there's something that the Lord has given us to do in stewarding his presence. And uh, I'm going to invite you into that today. You alive? All right. I told you to look at somebody in the eyeball before and say, you came on the right day, but I am absolutely dead serious. You came on the right day. All right. So Lord, help me this morning. Lord, help me. hmm. <laughs> Um, I want to touch on three ways, three, uh, I, I, I would call them, they're like houses, they're, they're environments, they're situations where the Holy Spirit manifests himself. 
Now, Christ Jesus said before he left, he said, it's better that I go. I don't know how you get your head around that. I have a difficulty with that statement. I'm trying to imagine that the world is better that Jesus left. When Jesus was here, he like, I mean, how do you get any better than walking around following Jesus? Where everywhere he goes, whole cities just go, oh my, it's the king. Right? Don't you think in an environment like today where you got YouTube that Jesus could have just literally done, uh, you know, He just, Jesus, Jesus starts a Twitter account. <laughs> Jesus is on TikTok. Hey, just want you to know. <laughs> right? Blind eyes open. Isn't it? It's kind of incredible that he would say, he knew the future. But he would, it's incredible that he would say, it is better that I go. Now, Christ walking with humanity is changing everything. It's shifting the landscape of things. He looks at his disciples and says to them, I'm leaving you, but don't worry, it's better. And the reason it's better is because when I go, then the Father can send the Holy Spirit. Right? I'm with you like this, but the Holy Spirit will never leave you, never forsake you. He'll be with you. He will be in you. He is a presence that abides with you and will be in you. It will change everything. Individually, you will have the personal presence of God. You will become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're walking with Christ in bodily form and you can feel the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is abiding in your midst. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come upon Christ. And in Christ's presence, there is this abiding sense of God's presence. But when Christ would leave, the Father would release the Holy Spirit, his presence to be with each of us in the same way he was with Christ where you didn't just have to get near him to experience it, but rather that you yourself would become the temple. Come on, in the ancient world, the presence of God was in the temple, right? It was in the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the box, the golden box that houses the Ten Commandments. It wasn't just representative of God's presence. It was the footstool of God's throne on earth, his presence, the flame of his presence, his presence dwelt with men in the temple above the mercy seat between the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. God's manifested presence was literally there. And it was so important that people would gather to be in God's presence that they would set up ritual and there were festivals and there were seasons and times that all of Israel was demanded you must come to Jerusalem, come up to Jerusalem, come to be in the Lord's presence. Because when you come into his presence, everything changes. You get a right perspective. Have you ever been out of your mind like, I don't know why I'm, you're feeling depressed or you're just out of it, you're angry, you're whatever it is, but you know you're off. Anybody ever been off before? Maybe a few of us. And then somebody throws on some worship music in the house. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? And then you get in your car and you forgot you had the radio on and like KTIS or something else kicks on. And there's some music that is serving as a conduit to usher you into the Lord's presence. Just the, it's not the music itself. It's, it's literally that soon as that kicked off, your heart turned to him. You couldn't help it. It's like Pavlov's dog. They ring the bell and you start drooling. You come and you, you worship kicks on and your heart automatically whoop, towards him. This is what happens when you come into God's presence, right? And as soon as God's presence touches you, what takes place? You come back into your right mind. All of Israel was demanded, come into the presence of the Lord. Why? Because you got to come back into your right mind. we got to remember some things. Are you alive? Okay. Presence of God dwelt among men, but it was in a location. When God takes on flesh, 
When Jesus is made manifest, when the Holy Spirit comes upon him in his baptism, and he begins to minister, he becomes the, the literal manifestation of God's presence on earth. Only it's not set apart where you can't get near him. He's allowing humanity to touch him. It's an incredible thing. And then Christ looks at his disciples and says, this thing that you've learned and you've been around that has transformed your life, that has brought so much hope, it's about to go away from you. But don't worry, it's better that I go. Why? Because the same thing that's on my life right now is about to become on yours. You are about to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The way that Israel would gather unto the temple to come into their right mind, to be in the presence, to, to have God reorient humanity back towards him, to come into the courts and to experience his manifested presence, and then everything changes. Church, every single person in here with the Holy Spirit is that to the world around them. That's who you are. You walk in a room, and it shifts people's countenances. You walk in the room, and light is shining, and hearts begin to burn. Not because you're there, but because God is in your life. Because the Holy Spirit is upon your life. The personal presence of the Holy Spirit in your life will manifest. We talked about this last week a little bit. If you weren't here, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it. But we talked about how God interrupts your life, how he's wanting you to see those who are around you who need God's touch. He's wanting you to see them, and that's so easy for us to stop seeing humanity's need when you're inundated with it. It's really easy to become callous to it, just to stop seeing it. But the Lord's wanting us to see it because if we can see what he sees, our hearts will fill with compassion, our lives will be transformed, the Holy Spirit will have an opportunity to minister, and, and, and we literally will watch God's kingdom transform lives. All you got to do is give him opportunity, right? Minister to someone, exactly what Dave said. Dave, I don't know if you even listened to last week's sermon, but quite literally, you did exactly what we were talking about. Like you see a homeless person sitting there, someone has a need. Interrupt your time. Why? Because you saw him, and that means the Holy Spirit has wanted to do something. 1 Corinthians 12, let me read the scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. I didn't give it to you guys back there. Don't panic says, to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. Why does the Holy Spirit manifest? For good. For good to happen. For good things to take place. I don't know how you define good. I don't define cancer as good. I don't define loss as good. Now, God might step into loss and he might transform it so that good results. But the loss itself... Not good. Can you repeat after me? Not good. Okay? Anything that is a result of the fall, not good. Anything that is a result of the fall, result of humanity's nature being corrupted by sin, choices that men have made, women have made, that have ushered demonic influence into lives, brings brokenness, shame. The scripture says, John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came to give life, to give it abundantly. Come on, you know these things. I'm preaching to the choir this morning, right? If you're struggling to keep up, you must be new. God bless you. God wants to do good. It is good that overcomes evil. In the face of evil, in the face of injustice, do good. Why? Because that's what your father does. He causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. This is who your father is. Demonstrate his character. His spirit will show up and minister through you. Choose to align with his ways and the spirit will flow through your life. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is for good stuff to take place. And when you recognize any mark of 
evil that has taken place, consider it an invitation for you to step in and to manifest the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit manifest? It says this. The manifestation of the Spirit's for good. This is how he does it. He'll give you a word of wisdom. That means he'll tell you what to do. Wisdom is that you know what to do. For a word of knowledge, you'll have all of a sudden special knowledge, information that you did not have before and you didn't have access to. He just showed up. He told it to you. A word of knowledge. He'll give you faith. He'll give you gift of healing. He'll manifest in you a miracle. Miracles, deliverance, by the way, is defined as a miracle. So when you got someone that's clearly in torment and you bring peace, welcome to the gift of miracles. It's your job. Gift of healing, another miracle, another prophecy, another the distinguishing of spirits, the other tongues, another interpretation of tongues. Listen, when you show up, And you sense that, oh, man, there's something wrong, there's something off. God must want to do something good. That should be your thoughts. Man, there's something bad happening here. I wonder what God wants to do. That's a different perspective, isn't it? It's the perspective that the Lord's inviting you into today. The Holy Spirit will show up and he'll manifest, but this is what takes place when he does. So a gift will come, right? prophesy over them, you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does it require you experiencing something for you to prophesy over somebody? Or can you go, the Holy Spirit lives in me. He's equipped me with his gifts. I can see that there's a work of the devil. I know he wants to manifest. Why? Because he wants to do good in the face of evil. This is what Jesus did. He destroyed the works of the devil. So I have a choice in this moment that I can, without feeling anything, choose to manifest the Holy Spirit's presence by choosing to enact one of his gifts. Learn how to prophesy. Learn how to pray for the sick. Learn how to bring deliverance and peace to people. And then choose it when you don't feel like it. And watch God just, boom, blow up situations. Is anybody alive this morning? Okay, Uh, Jesus said this. I'm going to get happy up here. You're going to watch me. John 16, verse 7. I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world Concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they don't believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Why does the Holy Spirit show up in your life? And when you manifest, what's the results? What happens? Okay. When you manifest the gifts of the Spirit and you minister to a person, there is a very clear effect that takes place. But it also shifts the environment. It also changes the dynamic of your relationship with the world. Okay, the world around you does not know how to seek Jesus. Why? Because he's not here anymore. When the Holy Spirit shows up, he convicts the world of sin. Who convicts the world of sin? It's not a trick question, just read the verse. Who convicts the, whole, the world of sin? Okay, the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. Sin is going your own way. It's missing the mark. Sin is defined literally as God has his ways and man has chosen to do his own thing and is failing to observe or understand God's ways or align with God's ways. That's sin. It's not, oh, you did something wrong. That's not That's a very low definition of sin. Sin is missing God's highest purpose for your life. The world doesn't know how to find God's highest purpose in life. And so why does the Holy Spirit manifest in you? To convict the world of sin. 
that they have fallen short of God's highest purpose for them, and the Holy Spirit shows up to help the world see what God's highest purpose for them is. Oh! You know what that means? That means you can let go of all that anger and rage about all the things you hate about the world and you just need them to change. You can let it all go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's job is to show up and to help them see what God's highest purpose for them is. It's not your job. It's his. You're not here to tell them everything that's wrong with them. That's a very low definition of convicting of sin. Very immature definition, frankly. What do you see when you see a gangbanger? What do you see? Do you see all the brokenness and all the pain? Okay, that's one level. Do you see all the things that are wrong? Can you see through all that mess to the potential of man or woman being transformed in his presence and all the potential of what God would do in his life or her life? What's going to help them change? Is it talking to them about all the bad things they're doing? Hey, mister, you're doing a lot of bad things. Change. See how that works for you. But when you start talking about their manifest destiny in God and who God made them to be, start to help reveal the dream of their heart and point it to them, what takes place on the inside is the crumbling of all the walls that have been protecting their pain. And suddenly something begins to emerge. It's hope for change. Come on, church. You're made for this. It's who God is in you. It's who God is in you. What do you see? Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. It says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness because they're no longer able to personally see Jesus. The world can't see Christ. Why? Because he ascended to the Father. But what did he do in return? He sent the Holy Spirit to manifest on your life. And so if the world can't see Jesus, they don't know what right living looks like. They don't know what the right thing to do is. Why? Because they can't see the model. That's why the Lord manifests this Holy Spirit in your life. Why? Because now you become the model to the people around you. There's a conviction of what is right when people see you living right. Something happens when you're in a business meeting and you go ahead and you make a righteous decision in the face of others who wanted to maybe be a little bit shady in the decision, but we would have made more money. And then you show up and you're like, hey, but that's not the right thing to do. And you make a righteous decision. Do you know what takes place in that room? Conviction. Immediately. It's not you. Right? They might rage at you. They might be angry at you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in you is manifesting what is right. It is blazing a trail that says, this is how God caused us to live. This is what he wants from us. Okay, now church, what happens when the church, when the people who are supposed to be doing that, start making unrighteous decisions for the sake of expediency in the law? What happens when justice gets perverted because people who are supposed to be blazing a trail of righteousness and reflecting righteousness are choosing unrighteous things? It's called injustice, perverts justice. It's evil is what the scripture calls it. It's a problem. Don't do it. You're called to live higher. God made you to be his temple, the very place where people can see and recognize who he is and what he's like. Oh, my, church. We got a high calling, don't we? You choose that, Holy Spirit manifests, lives get changed. It says he convicts the world that the devil has already been judged. I love this one. Man, I want you to get a revelation this morning. I go to the Father, they can't see me. Now, concerning judgment, the Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning judgment. Why? Not because they're judged. Not because the world's judged. Okay? You got to catch this one. Okay? You are the right standard. You point the way. This is how we're supposed to live. You help people to see their high potential, and you're calling people to greater things. 
You're shining light in the way that we're supposed to walk. You're loving, you're liking, you're telling truth, you're being kind, you're doing all that stuff, right? You're blazing a trail towards eternity. Follow me and know the way. And then it says, that presence of God in you, the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, will bring a conviction to the world around you that the devil has been judged. That all this evil you see around you is already under our feet. That all the evil you see around you, that you are already triumphantly overcome and you're standing on the devil's head in Christ. Why are we giving him credit? Dude's a loser. Why are we giving him credit? You kidding me? Oh, the devil made me do it. Wow. Are you a loser? Following a loser? The devil didn't make you do nothing. Church, look at this. The Holy Spirit in our lives brings a conviction to the world. It convinces. The word conviction it can be like a synonym would be it convinces people of something. Okay? How the Holy Spirit manifests in your life convinces the world around you that demons have nothing on them. That lies have nothing on them. That we have overcome. So when somebody is like, so low and has been brought into brokenness and there is terror and torment lording over their lives. What do you think your job is? Man, you walk in the room, I promise you that devil will try to start lying to you immediately. You have nothing on me. You can't do anything. Like it's in your head. Remember when you did this, ah, and it's trying to accuse you, trying to get you back off. That's what it's trying to do. Fear comes waving over you. You overcome, you eat fear for breakfast. Fear's got nothing on you. It's a liar. It has nothing on you. Why? Because God's with you. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you'll step into this situation with some confidence, some faith, he'll manifest. Deliverance will take place. And then that person will go, man, I don't know why I was believing the lie. Holy Spirit in you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is one believer, by the way. Just one person. Choosing to walk with God. That's what happens when one person walks with God. The whole world becomes convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment. If one of you will just choose to walk with God. Let his Holy Spirit manifest. It'll be just like Christ. That's what will happen. Your family will get transformed. Your neighborhood will get transformed. Your business will get transformed. There's so much potential for your life. Start to walk by the Spirit. Enter in. Let him. Start to be sensitive. See what he's wanting you to see. All it really means is slow down and pay attention. Turn your heart in. Jesus, what are you trying to show me today? You wake up in the morning. Good morning, Jesus. Tune in. Let his presence come upon you. You guys aren't listening fast enough. The The Holy Spirit in your life, and I'll just touch one last thing here before we move on. The Holy Spirit in your life, for the world... Man, you're blazing and you're demonstrating, you're showing God moves, he transforms, it's powerful. The Holy Spirit in your life, he leads you, he guides you, right? He will bring to remembrance the things that, the, that Jesus has already said to you. He will lead you into truth. He'll disclose to you the future. He'll show you what's supposed to happen. And he'll reveal to you what your heavenly account has access to. In other words, the resources of heaven become available to you, and it's all through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
That's just in your life. Now, what happens if two of you get together? Okay, two of you get together. Now what takes place? Okay, that was just you. I'm telling you, you are a movement. You're a movement, man. You show up, stuff is changing. What happens when two of you get together? Jesus said this, this is Matthew 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Now, what's the difference between the personal presence of the Holy Spirit and his anointing and power in your life and when the two of you get together? Notice the context. Jesus said, you guys get together. And whatever you bind or whatever you loose, this is how it's put, this is how it's written, okay, shall have been loosed. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed. The idea is this, that we come together in God's presence and we recognize what God is trying to do. We come into alignment with his purposes for a situation. And when two of you agree on what you are perceiving heaven wants to do. Okay, you got to catch this. This isn't just you show up and you're like, hey, just come into agreement with me. I need a million dollars. Money come to me. What a weird prayer. It's not just show up and pray like any fleshly prayer. It is recognize what God is doing and come into agreement with it. Now, your personal prayer life, it can do this as well, but there's something different that happens when two or three of you get together and do this. It says that the governmental authority of Christ is in your midst. It says that whatever you come into agreement with that was already done in heaven and God's trying to do it on the earth, that if you see it and they see it and you guys come into agreement, yes, this is what God's trying to do. It is just as if Christ Jesus himself shows up in his governmental authority and forces it to take place. Your prayer life matters. Coming into agreement with each other in the presence matters. What's God trying to do? Let's hear from heaven. Let's walk in the personal presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's get words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Let's let the Holy Spirit manifest. And where another person has also come into that situation, they go, oh, God's trying to do this. And then you hear somebody in the room go, God's trying to do this. And we go, oh, we have agreement. What just took place? Man, we can now step into authority in Christ and bring it to pass. God wants to move so powerfully in the world, in the nations. He wants to move in your family. Uh, there's some testimonies of, of families in our church that when destructive things have taken place within the family, they choose to bring the whole family together for prayer, to come into agreement around the person that that tragedy has taken place. They've seen cancer reverse. They've seen divorces turn around. They've seen reconciliation that was impossible. They've seen impossible situations time and time again. Because when it takes place, they rally all the troops and they go, nope, we got to get into God's presence and we're going to choose his ways, come into agreement in his presence, and it shifts and changes everything. If you're standing alone, you got to find a friend. If you feel like you're alone, man, that's the enemy trying to make you feel alone. You're not alone. Church, we come into agreement. We come in and we rally around each other. Why? Because there is a governmental authority. There's an authority that rests on those prayers. When, when you see it, and then you release it, things change. I feel like that's something that we are going to discover in these days. I feel like you're going to discover this in these days. Walk out of this sermon today remembering that story. Tragedy hits your family. Rally the troops. Get in God's presence. Do not sit there and watch the enemy pick them off one by one. Don't do it. Rally the troops and pray. What should we do if we have need? We should pray. That should be our answer. Amen.
Okay. I want to hit one last one here. You handle it? Okay. What happens when all of us get together? <laughs> what, what happens? <laughs> crack me up, Barb. You crack me up. What takes place when, when, when God shows up corporately? I want to read a story for you. Okay. This is 1 Kings 8. Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, all the leaders and their fathers of households, all the sons of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the city of David, which is in Zion. All the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast. Okay. Then all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the Ark, and they brought the Ark of the Lord and the tent of the meeting, and all the holy utensils. So the Ark of the Covenant was in Moses' tabernacle, and they're going to move it from there to the permanent temple, the building, the structure that Solomon built. They brought up the Ark of the Lord, and the tent of the meeting, and the holy utensils, which are in the tent, and King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, who were assembled to him, were with him before the Ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Now, pause just for a second. In New Testament language, they are gathering around the presence of the Lord, and they are walking with him and bringing sacrifice. We bring the sacrifice of praise. You bring sacrifice when you give offerings and your tithe in this church, when you give, when you sow when you take what is rightfully yours and you choose to honor the Lord with it, you choose to give it to the Lord. When you, when you do that, it's a form of worship. It's like sacrificing sheep and oxen. It's the same thing. Okay, there's more to that, but it's not for today. They had brought up the Ark of the Covenant, right? Verse 5, King Solomon and all the congregation were assembled, were sacrificing before the Ark. So many sheep and oxen, they couldn't be counted or numbered. That's a, that's a lot of dead animals. The priest brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the house, to the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place on the Ark, and the cherubim made a covering for the Ark and its poles from above. Poles were so long that the ends of it stuck out from the holy place before the inner sanctuary. They could be seen on the outside. There was nothing in the Ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses had put there, where the Lord had made a covenant with Israel. Verse 10, it happened that when the priests came from the holy place, look what it says, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. His presence filled the house of the Lord. So it went from filling this tabernacle, this tent, they moved God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant, into the building, and then they're setting him, they're setting him in his right place. When we set the presence of the Lord in the right place, the clouds fills the temple so that the priests could not stand or minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. I mean, come on, isn't there we are right there in the Bible, the house. The glory of the Lord filled the house. Now, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, repeat after me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit came to dwell within you. He lives in you. You have the ability at any given point in your life to choose to walk and live by the Spirit and to manifest his presence in darkness. You can. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. The presence of the Holy Spirit is upon you and in you. He is with you. Powerfully will show up to bring deliverance from darkness. He will powerfully show up every time. Okay, that's you. You come together in agreement with what heaven is trying to do and what takes place. Authority. Authority to shift things that don't want to be shifted. Authority to trample down scorpions and serpents. To deal with the works of the devil that resist you. When you come together and you manifest Christ in his authority, boom, stuff changes. When we come together, though, as a community and we are gathered around the presence, the reason we come together is to be in the presence of God together. 
man, you did not come to church this morning for a sing-along. You did not come to church this morning for a nice preach, okay? That's not why you came. Might be why you think you came, but anyway. You didn't come to church this morning because your mama made you. Although she might have, and good for you, mom. No, the reason we come together is to gather around him. Why? Because he is in you, and when we come together, he'll manifest. And he, when, when, when we come together, now listen to me, church, listen. When we come together, you're not waiting for the stage to somehow lead you into something. That ain't why you're here. I have been in services where the worship and the music are terrible. Terrible. Okay, like the kind of worship you go, praise Jesus. Okay, and I mean, I, when I travel, sometimes I bring earplugs. God bless the musicians. But a joyful noise is sometimes just noise. <laughs> but I'm not judging it because God's there in the midst of it. Sometimes I got to fight through the noise, but the reason we're there is to gather around him, not to gather around the musicians. Musicians are just here to help. They're help here to facilitate. They help keep us together in this. No, 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 we're going to write a song and we're going to look at him. We're going to lift him up. We're going to worship him. Right? That's why we sing songs about him. That's why we don't sing about our woes. Okay? We sing about him. When we lift him up, everyone begins to look towards him and we begin to gather around his presence. When we gather around his presence, something takes place in the midst of us. The cloud begins to fill the temple. The glory begins to manifest. When you fix your eyes on Christ who is seated above and your manifestation of the Holy Spirit begins to come, what takes place in the people around you is they begin to get touched. They're doing the same thing and what begins to happen is glory fills the house. Now, I was a part of the Brownsville Revival, 1997. I was stationed in Biloxi, Mississippi and I had the opportunity to be taken over to a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was taking place in Pensacola at the time. The first time that I went to that environment, I absolutely rejected it. I hated it. Man, they were singing songs I did not know. There weren't no words and no transparencies and no projectors, nothing like that. There was no way for me to enter into the, the, the amazing worship that was coming, but it wasn't my cup of tea. Right? The environment was hostile to the things that I had come to know and the things I was comfortable with. And so in the midst of that, I entered into judgment over what I was seeing, and I was not gathering unto the presence of the Lord. But everyone around me, I watched as altar calls happened, and thousands of people fell on their face before God, and people were getting touched by the power of God, and miracles are taking place around me. And here I am in judgment going, that can't be God. It's amazing to me that the Lord just left me in that state. He said, all right, son, if, that's, if you don't want to enter in, you don't have to. I'm not going to violate your free will. He said, I don't know where you're at this morning, but you have some choices. Right? You can dare me to minister to you, or you can come into agreement with it, and let's touch heaven this morning. Right? You can, you can, you can have heaven transform your life, or you can resist. Listen, in that place, the very next time that I went, during that week in between, the Holy Spirit said to me, are you going to judge this, son? Like, do you really feel qualified? And I decided, oh, nope, I can't. I'm going to go one more time, and this time I'm going to go to meet with the Lord. I'm going to ignore everything that's, like, bothersome and, you know, the stuff I don't like. Listen, there's probably a bunch of stuff you don't like here. That's fine. You don't have to like it. It ain't your style of music. It's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too whatever. They're too happy. Fine. <laughs> why, why do they always try to touch me? Why are you trying to pray for me? Man, actually, there are some wonderful, like, uh, reviews of our church on Google. You should look them up. They're hilarious. People that just were angry, they're like, man, they were trying to channel spirits to people and, you know. They're trying to lay hands on people and power is coming and uh, it's funny. It's just funny the world's interpretation of what's going on, man. I showed up that second time in that environment and when worship kicked off, I was gathered under the presence and the power of God fell on me. I got baptized in his Holy Spirit and my life got touched and transformed forever. 
That'll happen to you. It'll happen to you if the reason you're coming to church, right? We're bringing sacrifice, bringing our worship, we're giving, we're ministering. You're recognizing you're a carrier of the presence. You're not trying to get something from us. You're coming to bring something. You bring your offering, right? We come and we're gathered around his presence and we worship him. We enthrone him and the glory begins to touch the house. The world is longing, church, longing for light, longing for it. There's so many that need hope. They need to be, and, and I'm not saying that I need the world to come into our doors. That's not what's supposed to happen. But if we will come together on a regular basis, if you come ready and we come in to worship and we get in his presence together and his glory touches your life, when you, who is the temple of the Holy Spirit, go back into your world and you'll minister his presence, it'll be like Christ Jesus is manifested among them. And they'll find hope and they'll see what right living is supposed to look like and they'll feel a conviction and a confidence that they no longer have to suffer under torment, that there's hope for their future. God will transform the world around you. Are you alive today? Come on, can somebody say amen in this place? Would you stand where you're at? I, I want to pray for you and minister to you this morning and invite the Holy Spirit to do something today that I know he's wanting to do. So. Come on. Come on. Come on. So, Lord, we just declare over this family that, that when one comes into the kingdom, that you redeem whole family lines. You redeem whole family lines. So we just declare right now in Jesus' name the manifestation of the Spirit and your love and your kindness, God, in a way that, that releases light and hope. Give wisdom, a word of wisdom, Lord, to know how to do that in a way that is helpful and releases your presence. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that for each and every family in here. Come on, would you put a hand on your own heart right now? The Holy Spirit took up residence in your life when you received Christ. Okay? You were sealed with his presence. You became a son, a daughter of God. He's with you. He's in you. He wants to work through you. So this morning, Father in heaven... I am praying that your presence, your Holy Spirit, would manifest on each one in a fresh way. Come on, would you come right now and in your own heart surrender afresh to Jesus? Just say, Jesus, I surrender to you today. I surrender to you, Jesus. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Come on, everyone. Turn your heart to him. We're doing this together today, but if you don't know Christ, this is it. Come to know him today. Don't leave here without knowing him. Lord, today we come before your throne of grace and we receive you, Jesus, as Lord. Be the Lord of our lives. Be the Lord of our lives. We receive your death and resurrection in our place. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us clean. Renew us. And now, Father, I'm asking that you would seal each one with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, would you come and fall afresh on each one? that you would be in them, lead them, guide them, speak to them. Holy Spirit, that you would baptize each one, come upon them in your power, that your gifts could be demonstrated through them and they could demonstrate what you were like, Jesus. The Holy Spirit would manifest on your life. And Lord, I'm thanking you for partnership in intercession. Lord, where there's need and we know that you're trying to do something and we need to come into agreement with each other, God, I pray that you would provide prayer partners, powerful prayer allies, God, to come into agreement and to release heaven on earth, to bind up that which resists and to loose the resource of heaven. Father, I thank you for that. And Lord, lastly, I'm asking, Lord, fill this house. Lord, we're choosing today this day forward, the reason we come together, Lord, is to gather under your presence, to be in your presence, to worship you in spirit and truth. 
to enthrone you, Jesus, that you would be Lord, that others might find hope. Holy Spirit of God, would you manifest in this house in a fresh way. Lord, let the rivers of revival come. That was the secret of Brownsville, by the way. The secret of Brownsville was that that was why people came, is they came to encounter the presence of God. They came gathering around the presence. That was the secret. Holy Spirit of God, would you come in a fresh way, pour out on each one this morning. Listen, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to put a hand on someone that's near you, just on their shoulder. I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit would manifest in their life right now. Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh on them? Holy Spirit, come. Fill them up, Lord. Mm. Let the river of life flow through. Holy Spirit, come. Let the river of life flow through. Holy Spirit, come. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So, Lord, we're asking this morning. God, would you touch them afresh? Come on, pray for them like you want someone to pray for you. Lord, fill them. Anoint them powerfully, God. Come upon them powerfully, God, that the world around them would be transformed and touched. Manifest your gifts through them, Holy Spirit, that people's lives would experience healing and deliverance and be encouraged and strengthened. Let the river of life flow through. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I, I got to cut this short because you got kids in kids ministry. And there's already lines flowing up at the outside. So, but I don't want you to, I don't want you to, uh, to, to bail on the presence of the Lord. Okay. So if God's ministering to you, man, just let him. Let him. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing in this place today. I bless your people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's countenance and favor be on your life. May the Lord be gracious to you and grant you his peace that everywhere you go, people would experience the presence of God and find hope in Jesus. Pray these things this morning. In the mighty name of the Lord. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?